We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that's here. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, most of all, for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and were buried and rose again on the third day. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church, that we are a member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for your word, which is our guideline from earth to glory. We also thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us to be here. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that they'll get to and from that destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the bereaved family at this time all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort them and strengthen them, Heavenly Father, in the way that only you know how. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. And we pray, Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We pray, Heavenly Father, they are seated light, come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for every church door open, every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for this congregation. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless each and every one of us and our families and friends with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our government. We just pray, Heavenly Father, the thing they decide and do will be all according to what your will will be. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones working on the front line, the doctors, the nurses. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue building, strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that we will love each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will become better Christian tomorrow than we were today. And we just pray a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He can de deliver us the word bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen to what we'll listen toward eternity. Because these will be eternal matters, he will be delivering unto us. And not only hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll be doers of your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this word of service will be done decent and in order. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. 
Amen. Please turn to page 853 in your faith and praise books. Once again, that is page 853 in your faith and praise books. When the saved get saved. Once again, that is page 853 in your faith and praise books. Well, let us sing. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. Oh, when the safe gets to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saints see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. And when the safe get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saints see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Oh, when the saved get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saints see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory will the toils of life repay. And when the saved get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saved see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And when the saved get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. And when the saved see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Please turn to page 14 in your safe selection psalm books. Once again, that's page 14 in your safe selection psalm books. My God is real. So that's page 14 in your safe selection psalm books. Father, let us sing. There are some things I may not know, and there are some places I can't go, I cannot go, but I am sure of this one thing, that my God is real. For I believe that he's in my soul. And yes, my God is real. God is, yes, he's real in my soul. He's real in my soul. 
And my God is real, for he has washed and made me old. And yes, his love for me is love for It's just like pickle, like pickle. And my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul. Some folks may die, some folks may scorn, and all can go on and leave me alone, leave me alone. But as for me, I'll take God's part, and my God is real. For I believe that he's in my heart. And yes, my God is real. God is, yes, he's real in my soul. He's real in my soul. And my God is real. For he has washed and made me old. And yes, his love for me is love for it's just like pickle, like pickle, and my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul, and yes, my God is real, God is, yes, he's real in my soul, he's real in my soul, and my God is real, for he has washed and made me old. And yes, his love for me is love for It's just like pickle, like pickle. And my God is real, for I believe that he's in my soul. Please turn to page 23 in your faith and praise work. Once again, it's page 23 in your faith and praise works. Our God, he is alive. Follow the same. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He takes the skies with heavenly hue and frame the worlds with his great might. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From dust our God, created man, he is our God, the great I am. There was a long, long time ago, a God whose voice the prophets heard, he is the God that we should know, who speaks from his inspired word. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. 
us our God, created man, he is our God, the great I am, secure is life from mortal mind, God holds the germ within his hand, though men may search, they cannot find, for God alone does understand. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From the star God, created man, he is our God, the great I am, our God who sun upon a tree, alive was willing there to give, that he from sin might set men free, and evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From the star God, created man, he is our God, the great I am, there is a God, he is alive, he is alive. in him we live. our God, created man. He is our God. He is the great, the great I am. Uh, that song has a very significant text in it because it refers back to when Moses asked of God, when God gave him the directive to go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let his people go. Uh, Moses asked, well, who shall I say sent me? And God told him, I am, I am. Uh, he is our God. Uh, he is the great, uh, the great I am. Surely, it is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, where we bow our spiritual hearts to God and Thank God that he is, he is our God. 
and all that he has done for us from the beginning of time until this very moment. And even, and even the things that we cannot even anticipate, but know that as God continues to bless us, uh, in the future he will do things even more greater than he has done in the past. Uh, for I know that one day when God allows us to uh, make it into heaven's glory, uh, if we're faithful unto death, he says, I will give you a crown of life that faded not away. Uh, that's something that's greater than anything that he has done uh, thus far in the past. Uh, for he will now bestow upon us the wonderful thing called eternal life. And so we are looking forward to that day, and, and we continue to strive to be faithful. We continue to uh, focus on the Lord and do all that we can uh, to one day be found worthy to be found worthy to enter into everlasting life. Surely, uh, on this time side of life, we are uh, striving to do just, just that. I, I hope that that is our uh, mission in life, that is our purpose in life, to one day uh, make heaven uh, our home. Uh, this, there, there is nothing more important. Uh, Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33, uh, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And so we know that there is nothing more important than to make sure that we are seeking God and therefore making it a, a, a purpose in our life that we one day will be found uh, worthy to enter into heaven's glory. Uh, that being said, we find ourselves once again in the book of Psalm. We find ourselves in the book of Psalm and the 45th division of the book of Psalm and uh, once again, we are uh, unfolding, if you will, the various uh, thoughts and ideas uh, concerning uh, the seeds of the sower, uh, which is and has been our theme this year, and I still am amazed that it is now June. Amen. It is uh, almost the middle of June now, and this year is all, almost halfway gone. Uh, time certainly passes very quickly. It surely waits for no man. Uh, time passes on. Uh, but we have been, from the beginning of this year, uh, discussing seeds of the sower, taken from Matthew chapter 13 as our foundational text, um, identifying that uh, uh, in many respects that the foundation of our le lesson is about the word of God. Uh, being that seed. Luke would say that the seed is the word of God. Amen. And not only do we understand that it is the word of God, but there are synonyms. There are other ways to describe the seed in terms of the word of God, and that is that not only is the seed the word of God, the seed is the truth. Uh, for the Bible says in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And so since it is the case that the seed is the word of God, the seed also must be the truth. Amen. And so we, we acknowledge that and we, we, we embrace that, uh, knowing, as Paul has instructed Timothy, to study the truth, to study the word of God. Paul told Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing or handling the right or rightly setting forth the word of truth. And so we know that as we study this seed, 
we are talking about primarily about the Word of God. Now, that being said, we, we, we need to understand that uh, God's Word is, is not out there in the atmosphere for people to absorb it in some kind of way of osmosis, like we absorb the rays of the sun. But the Word of God is planted in the heart, earthen vessels. It is planted in the heart of men. This was the case when uh, Moses delivered the, uh, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, unto the children of Israel. It was intended for them to keep the commandments of God. Deuteronomy chapter 5 helps us to understand that that was the case, that they were to embrace this in their heart, their spiritual heart. And so this is something that we need to uh, understand as we move forward with this particular lesson this morning, this sermon this morning, is that God wants us to be placed in our heart, our spiritual heart. And when the word of God is placed in our spiritual heart, when the truth of God is placed in our spiritual heart, it is able to change us. It's not only able to change us individually, but it's able to change us collectively. And not only is it able to change this generation, but if it is properly planted, it will change the next generation. And so we understand that the seed being the word of God, being the truth, is to be planted in the heart of men. Uh, we know that to be the case even more so because we understand that in um, Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, we quote the scripture all the time, but perhaps you have a, a more uh, robust application of it with this text because he talks about so then faith in Romans 10 and 17. Cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, when we hear the word of God, then we understand that it is to be planted somewhere. It is not hearing just to be audibly received, but it's hearing for the purpose of it to be planted. And to be planted somewhere, as Matthew 13 would talk about, the good soil. And that good soil is the heart. It is the word of God, the truth of God, is to be planted in our heart, our spiritual minds. And it is in our spiritual minds, our spiritual hearts, where God says transformation can take place. And, and, and this is so important because we understand in Romans chapter uh, uh, 12, he makes it very clear when he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? And by renewing your mind, he says, for you can do something. There's a purpose to the planting of that, if you will, of that spiritual word, that, that truth of God into your spiritual heart, your mind. It, the purpose of it is that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is your reasonable service. And that reasonableness says it's only rational. Amen. And that's so important because when you talk about uh, change and transformation, we need to understand that the, audi the, the ability to audibly hear God's word is only the beginning. Amen. James says, be not a hearer only, but a doer of the word. Amen. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Now that's important because Colossians chapter 3 16 and following helps us to understand that everything that we do 
talks about being full of the word, being rich with it. As a matter of fact, being overflowing with it. He calls it rich. When you're overflowing with God's word in Colossians chapter 3, he says, and whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all, if you will, by the authority or in the name of Christ. And so we know that by doing God's word is truly the manifestation of whether or not we have heard God's word. Just to say I've heard God's word and it not manifests itself in you doing what God has said, the question really becomes is, what did you hear? Because apparently whatever it is that you heard did not manifest itself in what it is supposed to manifest. And that is, it is supposed to change your behavior. Your deed. Your doing. To be very specific, in Colossians 3, in verse number 1, I quoted 16 and 17. I'll get there in a minute, but I want to go back to verse number 1 because I want to show some, some context here. So, so Paul writes to the church at Colossae. And the interesting thing about this is, especially those of us who, who are still, if you will, in our, our infancy of, of studying God's word, you, you, may, you may understand that, that when the word of God is written, very rarely do you see it written directly to the world. The word of God is written to the people who claim to be members of the church. He's writing to the churches. Amen. Now, truly, every messenger in the church, the evangelists, the elders, the deacons, the teachers of the word of God, they are to teach what has been written in this letter. For Paul, they always said, read this letter in every church. But it's primarily focused on the people who desire heaven to be their home. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 1, Paul writes to the church of Colossae, he says, If ye then be risen with Christ. I love the fact that he begins with the, with the doubtful pronoun, if ye then. If you are risen with Christ, look what he says. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. See, there's, there's a question. If you are hearing God's word, then your behavior should adjust and change to, uh, to, to manifest that which shows you are seeking that which is above. It's no longer about the things that are of the earth. For the word of God that is been planted in our heart, the seed that is planted in our heart has changed our walk. It has changed our walk. We don't walk as others walk as they walk in the world, seeking those things of the world. We walk as if we are in Christ and the increasing of our knowledge in Christ Jesus continues to change us individually and prayerfully as it changes us individually, it will then help us to change others collectively. But look what he says. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. If you're going to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, then you've got to set your, your mind or your heart on things that are above, not things that are on the earth. The psalmist said in Psalm 45, he talked about verse number one, he says, my heart is dealing with an indictment. Tells it indicting. Let me tell you something. When the word of God comes to you, we've all been indicted. <laughs> we might as well just admit that we're guilty and ask God for mercy and clemency so that we can change. Amen. And be delivered and freed from our guilt of sin. 
But look what he says. Set your affections on things above and, and not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Look at the wonderfulness of becoming a child of God. He says you are dead. Dead in what? When you, uh, if you will, crucify that old man through the watery grave of baptism, he said you are now dead. In other words, that life that you used to live now should be mortified, put to death, so that new man can arise and walk in the newness of life. You've been freed through the death of Christ that you may arise a new creature in Christ Jesus. As uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and 17 let us know that, uh, 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 that those of us who have been uh, 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 baptized into Christ, we know that now we are new creatures. We have changed to become new creatures, to have a new life, a new existence. We transcend and transform from uh, over and above those things that are of the earth, we, we take to heart 1 John chapter 2 and 15 when he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is in the world is the lust of the eye and the pride of life. And I want to make this very clear here because there's a lot of misunderstanding and any mis and misconception of the idea of where the word of God goes and how it changes the life of an individual. A lot of us, even in these religions that, 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 that call themselves having a belief system of Christianity, they're still grabbing the wrong part of the anatomy when it comes to the change that needs to be made. You need to change your heart. This is not the heart that God wants changed. You need to change this heart. This heart rationalizes. This heart thinks. This heart discerns the difference between truth and error, right and wrong. This heart discerns the difference between love and hate. This heart discerns the difference between godliness and ungodliness. This heart discerns the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness. This heart, this heart, this heart. Stop grabbing this one and start working on this one. If we can do that, if we can just get that step going, you're going in the right direction. Amen. But he goes on and says, he says, look. As he writes to the church of Colossae in Colossians 3, he says, look, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. There's a blessing to being in Christ Jesus. He goes on and says, mortify, therefore, your members. Mortify. Put those things of your members, of your flesh, is another way to use the word members. Put it to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscences, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. Don't talk about what you used to do, because all of us did the same thing. And don't start looking at this list as, so, as if it's some, it's some comprehensive and all-inclusive list. Well, Brother Copa, I don't see what I did in here. Guess what? You somewhere in this list. Romans 3 and 23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he goes on and says, look, you walked in them in which you were, you also walked some time when you lived in them. And, 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 and Ephesians chapter 2 says, when we did this, we were all dead in trespasses and sins. But it was God through Christ who quickened us together with him. That we should walk in the newness of life. That we should walk worthy 
be fruitful in every way that God will be able to find us worthy to enter into heaven's glory. And now you can rest assured that, 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 that no one who has not been identified as worthy is going to be in heaven. God ain't go, the Lord doesn't make that kind of mistake. God, I, I, I'm so thankful to 1 John chapter 5 because uh, 1 John chapter 5 verses 1 through 8 help us to understand that God has three bookkeepers. And, and let me tell you something, all of them are perfect in their record. Amen. They all balance. You know, no, no one's going to mistakenly make it into heaven. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit all agree in one. Their records are all equal. They, they understand and know who belongs in heaven and who doesn't belong in heaven. And, and, and the wonderful thing is when you talk about the spirit, the spirit has two responsibilities. Not only does the spirit make sure that the Godhead is recording who belongs in heaven. He also, if you will, is among us in the earth. And he knows those who are his, the sons and the daughters of God. The spirit is not only in the group of three in heaven. The spirit is among the water, the word, and the blood. The spirit knows. In both relationships, those are the, that, that identify us as children of God on the earth. And those that identify us as children of God in heaven all have the same record and they all reconcile. No one's going to mistakenly show up in heaven that doesn't belong there. We must all walk worthy. Ephesians 4 and verse number 1. We must walk worthy of this vocation wherein ye have been called. And I want to say this again because this is important. We've been called into this walk in this relationship. God doesn't force you to do anything. The spirit, people want to uh, 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 misrepresent the Holy Spirit in his work. Amen. Oh, the spirit is making me do. The spirit ain't making you do nothing. Either you are choosing to follow God or you're not choosing to follow God. You're not going to blame the spirit when you stand before the judgment bar of God. Well, the spirit messed up on his job. Now, this is your job. This is your responsibility. Verse number 8 in Colossians 3 and verse number 8, he says, But now also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Look what he says. He's dealing with these things that not only the, the, the manifestation of what you do is one thing, but the manifestation of what you do comes from some place. And it comes from what is already in your heart. If anger is in your heart, you're going to strike out with physical harm to somebody. Lord have mercy. But as love is in your heart, you're going to come, you're going to manifest some kind of comfort, some kind of, some, some kind of support to somebody. Because it comes from your heart. It comes from your heart. Remember when Jesus was sitting with the disciples and they were breaking bread and there were those who were witnessing them and these scribes and Sadducees and Pharisees, and they looked upon the disciples and they looked upon, the Je and upon Jesus and they said, why is it that your, your disciples don't wash their hands when they eat? <laughs> as, if, as if having dirty hands was an indication of how holy you are. Amen. 
And, 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 and Jesus came back and said in so many words, why do you preach stuff that you shouldn't be preaching? Amen. But if you want to talk about this, he said, not that which goes into the mouth defileth a man. But that which goes into the mouth, if you will, goes out into the drought. But that which defileth a man cometh from his heart. That's what defiles. If you want to start talking about what defiles somebody, don't start looking at the dirty hands. Start looking at the dirty minds. The dirty hearts. Lord help us. The seed has to be planted somewhere. And if that seed can't be planted in good soil, amen, it won't be able to bring forth the fruit that God wants to be brought forth. We'll talk about what fruit should be brought forth in a moment, but, but, but let me tell you something. When that seed is planted in good soil, in, a, in the good heart, remember Matthew 13 said it brings forth 30, 60, 100 fold. It blossoms. It thrives. Amen. When it's planted in a good heart. But if it's in a dirty heart, it can't do what God allowed, wants it to do. It desires what desires to be done. Verse number nine, lie not, verse Colossians three and nine, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man and his what? His deeds, his behavior. Remember we just talked about that? Be not a hearer only. Be not a hearer only, but a doer. But a doer, the seed of God's word. And, and, and let me tell you something, as I make a, make a point here of emphasis, remember, the seed has to be planted somewhere. Because the seed, which is God's word, the seed, which is the truth, needs to be planted somewhere. And God has chosen for it to be planted in the heart, in the spiritual heart of man, that the, that the man of God may be changed, shaped, and molded, Ephesians chapter 2, by the word of God. And when that happens... And when that happens, he is able then to manifest those things which are the fruit that God wants to be manifested. This is what God desires. This is why the seed needs to be planted in a good heart. Put off the old man with his deeds, with his behaviors. Put that old man to death. Mortify the old man. So that you can arise and walk in the newness of life. In verse number 10, and he have uh, uh, put on, and, and have rather, and have put on the new man, which is renewed, renewed in knowledge. Lord have mercy. When you come out of the world, you have to get rid of what you thought you knew. And become informed about what you need to know when it comes to the word of God. Peter says, as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word, that we may grow thereby. Renewed in knowledge, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him. The renewed in knowledge about Christ. Verse number 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. In other words, everybody can be saved. 
But the condition to be saved is based upon that individual changing their lives. Not to be in accordance with what the world desires, but to change their lives to be in agreement with what God desires. And only the word of God can make that effect. Only the word of God can make that type of change in someone's life. Verse number 12, Colossians 3 and 12 says, put on therefore, put on therefore. I love Paul's transitional phrases. Put on therefore. I've told you that you got to get up rid of the old man. I've told you that you have to put on the new man. I've told you that he has to be renewed in knowledge. And now I'm going to tell you, if you renew your knowledge, Christ will then be all in all in your individual lives. And then if you hold on long enough, you can affect somebody else's life. Put on, therefore. This is worthy. This is how we walk worthy. This is how we walk, if you will, to bear the fruit and to do the good work that God has blessed us to be able to do. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Look what he says. Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule where? In your hearts. If you want peace in your life, if you want to help other people come to peace, it starts here. That's where peace starts. Because here's where the word of God is effective. In the spiritual heart, in the spiritual mind. Look what he says. He goes on and says, he says in verse number 10, uh, I'm sorry, in verse number 16, look what he says. Let the word, let the word, let the truth. Let the word, let the seed, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, overwhelmingly, flowing, overflowing in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms. Lord have mercy. We're in Psalm 45. In Psalms. That's one of those words, that's one of those hymns and spiritual songs that teach us. The song, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your what? In your hearts to the Lord. And whosoever, I'm sorry, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So when the truth is spoken and when the word of God is brought forth, the seed, it needs to be planted somewhere. And God makes it very clear that that seed needs to be planted in your heart, in your spiritual mind. If it's not planted in your spiritual minds, if it's not planted in your heart, then, 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 then uh, you're going to have a problem changing. It is the seed that affects our lives. In every way. And if we don't let it affect our lives. Then we're not going to. 
be able to walk worthy. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 12 that ye would walk worthy of God. You know, this is an interesting thought here because, you know, sometimes in the world of religion, we think that somehow God needs to be worthy of us. <laughs> God doesn't need us. We need God. And some of us used to say we need Jesus. We need Jesus. The world needs to understand the power of Christ. The world needs Jesus. But remember, the word is not something that's in the, the air as if it's absorbed through some sense of osmosis like the rays of the sun are absorbed by a plant through photosynthesis. There's no, that, that, that's not how the word of God acts. The Bible says he has placed this word in earthen vessels. Now I want you to hold on to that. Because that simply means, when he says he's placed this word in earthen vessels, remember, at the beginning, when Christ came, John chapter 16 and verse number 13, as a matter of fact, Junior, if you will, in John 16, uh, and, and, and start reading at about verse number 11 in John 16 and verse number 11, the gospel of John, verse number 16, uh, chapter 16 rather, and verse number 11, the gospel of John, chapter 16 and verse number 11. Well, uh, what, what does the Bible say? Read. Of judgment. On judgment, read. Because the prince of this world is judged. Uh-huh, read. I have yet many things to say unto you. I have yet many things to say unto you, read. But ye cannot bear them now. Come on, read. How be it when he... How be it when he, the spirit of truth, the what, the spirit of truth, the spirit of what, of truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. He's talking about the uh, the other member of the Godhead. The spirit of truth is going to deliver something. He's going to the spirit of truth is delivering that seed. The spirit of truth is delivering that word. The spirit of truth is delivering that. How do you know that? Well, read the text. However, when the spirit of truth has come, read. He will guide you into He will guide you into what? All truth. Into all truth. Remember the earthen vessels that received the word of God initially, they received it in, in a miraculous way because they received it directly from the Godhead. That he will guide you into all truth. These were the original earthen vessels, the apostles. They received the word of God and they received it directly from the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the prophets and the prophetess. And by the way, there were prophets and prophetess in the New Testament too. I don't have time to deal with all of that. But they were there. And the Bible even said that, if, if you will, when, when the prophets spoke, they spoke on behalf of God. But Peter made it very clear that the people of old time, God in sundry time and diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. God spoke to them directly. And that's why the prophets could speak those things. They could foretell and foretell the things that God wanted the world to know. The prophets and the prophetess. These earthen vessels that God used. All scripture. 
is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Paul wrote that to Timothy, and he let Timothy know that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Why? Because the Spirit is a member of the Godhead. And he gave it to the apostles, the original earthen vessels. Paul tells the church in Ephesians, he lets us know that in Ephesians, those who are, if you will, the, uh, the, the receivers of the word of God, those who are uh, preached to in terms of the gospel being shared with them and the word of God being shared with them, we find that these individuals, however, Paul says, whereby when you read in Ephesians chapter 3, whereby when you read, you see, we had to read. We didn't have the miraculous. We had to study. As Paul told Timothy to study. Give thyself wholly to them, to the scripture, so you can save yourself and them that hear you. We have to, you got to go get this from the word of God. It's not going to come to you through osmosis. Amen. The word of God doesn't come that way. You've got to study. You've got to do what James says. You've got to stoop down and to stay long. James just said, look. He that looketh in the perfect law of liberty. You've got to go get it because if you, if, you, if you don't go get it, then the seed cannot affect your life. It cannot affect your life outside of you. The seed has to be in you in order for it to affect your life. It's a wonderful thing. Ooh, the preacher preached the sermon this morning. It was wonderful. Yeah, but did the seed get in? You know, did the seed get in? That, that, that's the intent of the, of the preaching. That, that, that Paul says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Did the seed get in? Come on, read, John, read. John 16. He will guide you into all, he will guide you into all truth. Read. He shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear. The Holy Spirit only delivered that which the Father, the Son, gave him to deliver. He won't deliver anything different. He won't deliver anything of his own. He's going to deliver that which he has received, that which he has heard. Come on, read. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. Read. He shall glorify me. He will shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine. He shall receive of mine. And shall show it unto you. And shall show it unto you. They, they are the original earthen vessels. The apostles are the original earthen vessels. Come on, read. I'm not done yet. Come all on, read. That the Father hath on mine. Read it again. All things that the Father hath. All the things that the Father have are mine. Jesus says. Read. Therefore said I. Therefore said I. That he shall take of mine. That he shall take of mine. And shall show it unto you. And he shall show it unto you. What we see here is that the apostles, the earthen vessels who received the word of God directly from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gave it to the apostles. The apostles, therefore, got it from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit received it from Christ. Christ received it from the Father. And it was all the same word. It was all the same seed. It was all the same truth. And there was no disagreement or division among them. They were perfectly joined together in the same judgment and in the same mind the same understanding perfectly joined together why is that important because see 
We are now, those who are members of the body of Christ, the church of Christ, we now have become the earthen vessels where the seed dwells. We are now those earthen vessels. Not in the miraculous sense, but we have taken God's word. We have done what James has commanded us to do. We have taken God's word. We have looked into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God. And we have stooped down. We have stayed long. We have embraced God's word. And now we become the earthen vessels whereby when we speak and teach God's word, we are now, if you will, perpetuating the seed so that others can be saved. And that's why Jesus said that this is possible to be done. The wonderful thing about the spreading of seeds, it's really a concept of pollination. There used to be a, there's, there's, a, there's a little flower that it, and it has a lot of uh, uh, seeds on it. And, and these seeds are like little, little flowers within themselves. They look like little white fur balls. And we used to, every time we see one, we just pull it up out of the grass and we go, we blow it. And all those little things fly all over the place. And you know what those things are going to do? Preferably, they'll find good soil. Because once they land somewhere, guess what? It's going to make its own flower. And then somebody else is going to come along and they're going to blow it. And pick it up and go, and it's going to blow, and it's going to go all over. And that's called pollination. But let me tell you something. The word of God is no different. Lord have mercy. How do you know that? Because the Bible teaches us that it's no different. In Romans chapter 1, we always quote this scripture, but now hopefully this gives you a more, a more, a more comprehensive understanding of it. In Romans chapter 1 and 16, when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all those who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. You know, every time somebody picks up the word of God, God and they embrace it and believe it and obey it they, and then they begin to teach it to somebody else they are blowing the faith they're pollinating somebody else with the word of God that they too can become that plant that flower and one day when somebody blows or they blow that seed will go somewhere else. And it will affect somebody else's life. It is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. John says he got the Holy Spirit received it from Christ. And Christ received it from the Father. And the Spirit of truth gave it to the apostles. And Ephesians chapter 3 says that in that responsibility of the apostleship, they told us to read the word of God. But Jesus made it very clear that even those who were the apostles, the ones who were endowed with the Holy Spirit of God, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go pollinate the world. Preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be, shall be damned. Go pollinate the world. 
carry the when you are walking worthy of the vocation wherein ye have been called, you are pollinating the world. And, 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 and the wonderful thing is, look, the wonderful thing is sometimes you, 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 the, the, the blessing of, of your life is, is that if you are living a Christian life, you might be pollinating something that you don't even know you pollinate. Paul said in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3 that we are epistles known and read of all men. Your very life can be affecting someone else. Your life becomes a manifestation of the seed. You change somebody's life and you never even knew it. Just by living a Christian life the way that it should be lived. Somebody's asking the question, who, who, who are these individuals? How, how is it that this person lives the way that they live? And, and you never know. They may come to you and ask the question. Now, what do you, what, 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 how, how is it that you... Do this and thus and so, and, 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 and where do you go to worship? How do you, and, and you have an opportunity then to take what they have observed and put it into spiritual context to them and teach them about the church. When the, when the psalmist wrote that in his heart there was an indictment that had been made We all have been indicted by the word of God. And now it's time for us to, to make our penitence with the Lord, to, to acknowledge that we have sinned, to acknowledge that Romans 5 says that while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, it's not that we've been so wonderful and we've been so good that we deserve what God has given us. It's because of who God is. That we've been blessed to be here today. That we've been blessed to be able to believe in his word. And we received that seed. We received it. And we received it because we believe what we read. When we studied God's word. And, and we heard it and we believed it. We studied it and we obeyed it. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1. Look what Paul says. Paul talks about how that seed spreads and it pollinates and it, and it causes others to be affected by it. And when you're affected by it, your life changes. Look what he says. In 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 1, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare, I speak. I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received. Somebody preached to us. Somebody taught us about the gospel. That seed was spread by somebody in our lives. And when we received it, amen, see, 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 that tells you that you have a choice because you can reject God's word or you can receive God's word. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you do anything. You have to make a choice individually. But he says, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. And I like this part because he says, look, he puts the conjunction here and he says, look, he says, not only have you received the word, but when you received it, you stood on it. 
and wherein ye stand. Don't be moved away from the hope of the gospel for nobody. Because we were once in trespasses and sin. We walked after the, 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 the uh, uh, obedience of the world, if you will, the principalities of the world, the children of disobedience, that's who we were. But we obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, that seed that God had come forth. That was written in these 66 books and these epistles that we read collectively and call them the Bible. We begin to believe it and we obeyed it. We received it and now we stand in it. And he says, look, and if you do it and you, and you hold on to it, in verse number 2 in 1 Corinthians 15 and 2, he says, by which also ye are saved. Hold on to the seed. Hold on to it. And not only hold on to it, but spread it. Spread it to somebody else. If ye keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. You got to keep it. Hold on to it. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received. Wait a minute now. Paul said, I received it. Amen. That seed is, that, that seed is going from what? From faith to faith. I received it. Now I'm giving it to you so you receive it. The next generation, you've got to receive the word of God. Don't try to change the word of God. Receive what God has given. And, guess, and, and let me let me just and it will be enough. You don't need anything more. Certainly nothing less. It is enough. Just to hold on to God's word. Oh no, we've got to make it more. No, you ain't got to make it more anything. What you need to do is just try to make it. Just, just focus on that. Just try to make it. Try, try to make it will be enough. That will, be, that will take enough of your energy while you're trying to think about making more, amen, that takes you down the wrong road. Just try to make it. Just try to make it. Try to hold on to what God has delivered. But he says, I delivered unto you, first of all, which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures is just another way of describing the seed, the word of God, the truth, the truth. How do you know that, Brother Culpepper? Because there's scripture. Look at Acts chapter 17. Look at Acts chapter 17. Look what Paul says. If you drop down very quickly, Acts chapter 17, I'm going to drop down to, uh, to verse number 11. Where Paul says, these, he's, in Thess he, he's talking about the Thessalonica, Berea, the children of Thessalonica, the children of Berea. Paul's in the synagogue. He's preaching. He's on the Sabbath day. They got, they got upset because of the word of God was being spoken. The truth was being spoken. I'm glad I came here for a moment because let me tell you something. Whenever you speak God's word, don't think everybody's going to receive it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, and, and don't think that everybody's going to. There will always be those who will be, be, be uh, if you will, uh, uh, 
The word of God will create anxiety in people. It created anxiety in us. Amen. You remember when you obeyed the gospel? When the word of God, when you received it? Because, see, if you never receive it, then you, you, know, you, you feel like you've gotten away. Well, let me tell you something. You might get by, but you're not going to get away. Because you're going to have to stand before the judgment bar of God. So you can reject it if you want to and think that, okay, well, since, I'm not, since I didn't obey it, I'm not accountable to it. Oh, yes, you will be. But when we, when we heard the word of God, we, were, we, we, we became anxious. Anxiety kicked in. I know I did. My background, my family background, the tradition of my family background, the religious tradition, and I say tradition in the sense of humanity, the customs of men, in that religious tradition that I came up in, the Baptist tradition, I came up in it. I believed it because that's what my mom and dad and everybody else that I knew at that time in my family told me. But when I heard the seed of God's word, when I heard the truth of God's word, and I began to study it and to see what truth is, it created anxiety. I've told this story many times. I might as well keep telling it because somebody who probably never heard me tell it, it'll be new to you and be reintroduced to others. But at the campaign for Christ in Carson, when Brother Yildale, Nokomis Yildale was preaching, he challenged the people in the audience. He said, if you can find your church anywhere in this Bible, I'll let you get up here and preach. I was sitting there with my now wife, 28 years, 29, God bless us. We still together and I ain't going no place. And if she try to go somewhere, I'm going to go right at her. <laughs> so we always be together. But let me tell you something. It's been that long. And when we were sitting there, and Nicomas Yildale said that if you can find your church in this Bible, I'll let you get up here and preach. Boy, I went to work. Because I was going to find the Baptist church somewhere in this text. And I called my uncle, Reverend Lee Culpepper. Unk! That's what we, you see. That's back in the day. Some of y'all don't know about that. But. Unk, where, where, I was at this meeting, and, 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 and this man said that, that, that if I could find the Baptist church in the, in the Bible, uh, here, let me get up there and preach. Show, show me where the Baptist church is in the Bible. Well, ne- ne- nephew, nephew. Unk, what? what <laughs> Don't start stuttering now. <laughs> well, 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 you, you, you can't really find that. What? You can't? What are you talking about? All these years, all this time. But when the truth came and you begin to receive it, it creates anxiety. It creates anxiety, and you're going to have people who will receive that anxiety, and they'll reject the truth because they can't, they, they can't handle it. But then those who are truly seeking God's word, you know what they do? They're going to press forward. They're going to press forward. They're going to study it. They're going to they, look, and they're going to study God's word. And when you, the more you study God's word, I guarantee you, the more you're going to study yourself out of religions that are not in the Bible. Because God's going to show you the truth, and that's the purpose of it. James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. 
when you hear God's word, it's going to create anxiety. But be quick to hear. Don't shut down. When it creates anxiety, you know it's working. He's doing his job. Isaiah said, for his word will not return unto him void. It will accomplish that for which it has been purposed. And guess what? Each of us who hear the word of God, the vessel that we are, it will receive God's word the way God purposed it to be received by you. It's going to be received. And if you're truly seeking God's word, and you read it and you're studying it, it's going to lead you into truth. For the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth said it will guide you into all truth. David said it as well in the Psalms. Psalm 115, Psalm 119. David said, it, David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. You see, the word of God is able to illuminate some stuff, right? Because when you're walking in darkness, you need somebody to shine the light. Amen. And when you're in sin, you're walking in darkness. And the word of God is meant to be that light that will shine upon your pathway and show you, look, you're walking the wrong way. You need to turn around. And walk the other way. Walk the right way, Jeremiah would say. Walk the good way. See, Jesus was telling us in the gospel, he says, look, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Amen. But narrow is the way that leadeth to life. You want to know which way you in. And the word of God, the seed of God, the truth of God is able to illuminate that way. It is a, the, the, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my pathway. And David also said in the psalm, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. David understood where the word had to go in order for it to illuminate his pathway. It had to be in his heart. But in the book of Acts. In Acts 17, the Bible says that these were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Lord, have mercy. Wasn't a blessing when you're ready to receive the word? I pray that every Lord, every Lord's day, every morning when the church comes to worship. See, that, that phrase right there caused some anxiety. What do you mean when the church comes to worship? <laughs> a lot of folk come in here thinking that this building is the church. This ain't the church. This is the building where the church meets. Amen. Amen. Which tells you that the church can meet anywhere. Hey, Lord have mercy. But when you walk in worthy, Paul told us, look, it's through the word. These, of, of Thess these were no more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the word of God and they received it with all readiness of mind and they searched the scriptures. The scriptures is just another way of describing the word. It's another way of describing the word. It's another way of describing the truth. It is the scriptures. They searched the scriptures daily, which uh, uh, to, to uh, uh, the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They wanted to see whether or not Paul was, was saying those things which were true. Amen. They searched the scriptures. 
They didn't just, wait a minute, but Paul's an apostle. Paul's endowed with the Holy Spirit of God. Paul has a miraculous indwelling. Paul has all knowledge. Paul is an educated man, a doctor of the law. Paul is this and Paul is that. So what? Show me the scripture. Show me the scripture. Show me the scripture because I want to read it. Study it. So I can have it planted in my heart. Show me the scripture. Used to be a time when the church of Christ, we understood what it meant to preach book, chapter, and verse. And we really meant what that meant. We present book, chapter, and verse. This isn't about us coming somewhere to be entertained. This is about you coming to be edified. So you can walk away, even if you don't obey the gospel this morning, knowing you should obey the gospel. But, you know, hey, it's a struggle. It's a growth. Pray that God has mercy on your soul. Give you time to change. But you're going to walk away with anxiety. Boy, that nappy-headed preacher didn't cause me to be. No, don't blame me. The word of God and your life have caused you (laughs) to be. He says they search the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was true. The old Shakespearean language says things were so. In verse number 12, he says, therefore, many, many of them believed. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must believe, must believe, must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and 6. Therefore, many of them believed. And when you received, that means that you believed. Amen. Wherein ye stand. He goes on and says, also of the honorable women, uh, which were Greeks and of, and, and of men, not a few. But when the Jews in Thessal- in the, uh, of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, they came thither also and stirred up the people. You always go have somebody stirring up the people. But the truth is still spoken. I wish I had time to deal with all of that. I don't. But you get the point. When the seed of God's word is spoken, when the truth is spoken, people's lives begin to change. And when people's lives begin to change, don't think that the devil's, the devil's influence upon the world is not going to push back. The devil has one focus. His influence of the world has one focus, and that is to destroy every soul that he can possibly destroy. The devil knows where he's going. He knows where he's going. All he cares about is whether or not the influence that he left behind will take some souls with it. I'm going to close here. There are challenges that all of us face where the influences of the world will Cause us to question um, our journey, and 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 when that happens, we we go back into the the elements of the world. The Peter Peter would call it as a, in, in a very uh, gross sense. He would say 
It's like a dog returning to his vomiting, a pig and his go back into the, the mire. And we defile ourselves again with the world. And many of us ask ourselves the question, well, how is that possible? Why, 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 why would that even happen? It's because somewhere along the line, you, you're still growing in your faith. You're still growing in your faith. Remember, it's like newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that ye may, ye may grow thereby. Sometimes we fall, but you have to know why you're falling. And it's because you, you, you somewhere along the line, you, you, uh, you, you still need to grow uh, in your faith. As I close, the psalmist said in your heart, very poetic language, and he says there's, there, there, there's an indictment. Anxiety builds up in our heart, and it should be, because God wants us to acknowledge who the King of Kings is, who the Lord of Lords is. We know that Jesus is the, uh, uh, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has a kingdom. He has a church, the church, and we need to walk worthy of it. But sometimes life issues cause us to fall, and, and, and when we fall, we need to understand why we have fallen, and, and we need to do what we, we, what's necessary in order to, to get up. But let me just share this with you. The, 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 the solution or resolution to your falling is the same as what brought you out of the world in the first place. You have to return back to the word of God. You have to return back to the word. You have to return back to the truth. And when you return back to the truth, you will once again re-energize re, uh, re yourself by understanding God's word again and, be, and, and renewing that relationship with the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 10, it's my last text, I'm closed. In verse number 15, in Hebrews 10 and 15, Paul says to the church, to the, to, the, to the diaspora, those who are scattered abroad, he says, look. Wherefore, the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he, he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. That's what the psalmist said. My heart, my heart, my heart. The Holy Spirit will put the laws in your heart. When you study God's word, he is putting God's law into your heart. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds will I write them. The seed of God's word is not helpful just being in the book. The seed of God's word needs to be in your heart. Let it overflow in you richly. Verse number 17, he says, look. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Christ, by a new and living way. The seed gives us a new way to live. 
Renewed knowledge, a new creature. Old man is crucified, mortified, but now we arise to walk in the newness of life. Renewed in knowledge, renewed in understanding. He goes on and says in the Hebrew text, he says, look, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Christ died so that we may live. He died the perfect lamb. Without spot, without blemish. He died that we might live. And he goes on and says, having an high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart. With a true heart. In full assurance of faith. Lord have mercy. So then faith. Where is faith? Faith is in our heart. And it is in full assurance of faith. That's why so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we come together in the full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And that's why I kept telling you, this is not the heart that you should be focused on. This is the heart that you should be focused on. If you don't want to become like those who were of, uh, who had defiled themselves, you want to be like the few who had not defiled themselves. Those are the ones who held on to God's word in the midst of all the challenges of life. They held on to the faith. In full assurance, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an, e- from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at the blessing. Because this begins the concept of baptism. When one goes down in the watery grave of baptism, Peter says it's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, Amen. but it's an answer. Of a good conscience toward God. When the word of God is planted in your heart, yes, it brings anxiety. Yes, it makes you anxious. But it's an answer of a good conscience toward God. That's why one comes to the water grave of baptism. And that's why Mark 16, 15 and 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. That, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Look what he says. He that believeth not shall be damned. In other words, if the seed, the truth, the word of God is not, what, is not that which is motivating you to go down into the water grave of baptism, to get in here without the word of God and the seed being planted in your heart has no effect. If you're taught a lie, you cannot be baptized right. You have to be taught the truth. You have to be taught what's right. And then through that truth, through that rightness, through that godliness, through that belief in the word of God, through the truth that the Holy Spirit has delivered and you now have received it and you have now believed it, that motivates you to go down in the watery grave of baptism. And you are baptized for the remission of your sin. And you arise to walk 
in the newness of life. Your conscience is sprinkled from an evil conscience, if you will, your hearts are sprinkled from an evil, evil conscience and your bodies are washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the perfection of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And, 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 and as I bring this to a close, look, look at the connection of these next verses. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. When somebody tells you not to go to worship, you say, are you out of your mind? Because the Lord's coming back. And whenever he comes back, Lord have mercy, what a blessing it would be for him to find you in worship. Forsaking not the assembly, but letting your heart that is sprinkled from an evil conscience be a full assurance who has promised. And what is that promise? I think Revelations 2 and 10 helps us to understand it. We talked about those who had defiled it, but Revelations 2 and 10 helps you understand it. And he says, be faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life that faded not away the seed of the sower the conscience sprinkled with pure water may God bless you may God keep you the Bible says in Romans 10 and 17 so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God Hebrews 11 and 6 says but without faith it's impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't prioritize the world, prioritize the Lord. Let God have priority in your life. We repent of our sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commandeth every man everywhere to repent. In, second, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 37, when they asked Peter, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. In Acts 10, in Romans rather, Romans 10 and 9, he says, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God wants you to be saved. He wants us all to be saved. But you have to come unto repentance. In 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Bible says, one day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Wishing none to perish, but that all should come unto repentance. God wants you to repent. He wants you to come to be saved. You have to come confessing that Jesus is the Son of God going down to the watery grave of baptism. And when you go down to that watery grave of baptism, it is the blood of Christ that cleanses you from all your past sins. And when you, are, when you have that opportunity to put that old man to death, to mortify him, you arise to walk in the newness of life. The devil always will bring up your past, but you keep yourself focused on the future. Paul says, Paul says, not that I, uh, not that I have obtained perfection, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind. See, the devil always going to want you to think about what you used to do. But used to bees don't make no honey. You need to think about what you need to be doing. You need to change your life. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press forward toward the high mark which is in 
Christ Jesus. Know ye not that if many of you have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ, when you go down to the water grave of baptism, you become, God will place you in Christ Jesus. It's time for you to come. It's time for you to come right now as we stand and sing the invitational song. Why don't you come? Page 936. Page say amen once again. Amen. I want to thank Brother Copeland for a fine message this morning. Amen. Truly, uh, truly blessed to be here today and, and uh, hear God's word preached the way he, the way he preaches it. Uh, and thank uh, God for Brother Copeland and his family. Um, I have several cards from his labor. I have, first, I have uh, a very own sister, Gloria Ramsey. She has a, a statement on the back of her card. She's asking, pray for uh, me having a procedure on Wednesday. That's Sister Gloria Ramsey. Next, I have a card from uh, very own Sister Darlene Hester. 
uh, if you desire prayer for a special need for someone else. From our members, uh, Sister Bromel, she, she's asking prayers for, uh, for Gregory Green to find another home to live in. Sister Bromel. Sister Chandler, she's asking for a prayer for special need. And Sister Shirley Wiggins, uh, desires prayers. Keep me and my people, and my pray for keep me in my in prayer and my family. Sister Wiggins. That's all the cards that I have at this time. Uh, please bow with me as we go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is in your presence we come with bowed heads and grateful hearts. Just thanking you, Father, for loving us more than we love ourselves and also for blessing us with the mindset to come to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Father, for all, all your blessings. We pray, Father, for all the names I mentioned and um, we ask, Father, that you would bless them and help them wherever they, their needs need to be met. Amen. We pray, Father, that you will continue to uh, guide us and help us. And we're always thankful, Father, for everything you do for us. For it is you who we move and live and have our being. And for that, we say thank you, Father. These prayers and all prayers, Father. And also, we also pray, we're always praying for our nurses and doctors who are on, still on the front line. And we're almost done, Father, as we believe with this pandemic. We just pray that you will continue to keep us and watch over us. And thank you for bringing us out of this uh, um, healthy. These prayers and all prayers we ask in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please turn to page 350 in your faith and praise books. Once again, that's page 350 in your faith and praise books. At this time, we'll start. We'll start. When my love to Christ grows weak, when for deeper faith I seek, then in thought I go to Thee, Garden of Gethsemane. Thank you. 